Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. Uh, Kyle, Kentucky. Had an impressive comeback win today. Uh, we got lots to talk about. Tyler Hero got some great compliments from Mike White, as did P.J. Washington. Uh, Keldon Johnson seemed like he was tearing down ridiculous rebounds in the second half. But I tell you where I want to start. A dude that had very minimal on the uh, stat sheet, and you and I think that he might get a little bit more later. But E.J. Montgomery finishes the game with three rebounds in ten minutes, but he was kind of a turning point in the game. Yeah, I mean, he had two offensive rebounds in the midst of their comeback. Kentucky wins this game 65-54. to Like, oh, yeah, of course they did. They're they're eight wins in a row. But they were down 11 with 12 and a half minutes to go Mm -hmm. and won by 11. They outscored Florida 34 to – I'm sorry, 30 – It was 34 to – 36 to – I think 36 to uh, – gosh – 22 points over the last 12 minutes. <laughs> my brain my brain has failed me. Well, they outscored the, him by 22 over the last 12 and a half. At one point they were on a they went on a 30 to 8 yeah. run. I think it was roughly about 10 minutes. Uh, and yeah. then there were some some points scored late by both teams kind of garbage free throws by Kentucky, some layups by Florida where Kentucky was just getting out of the way more or less and trying not to foul. Uh, but the I mean we, we everybody's been pointing it out. EJ Montgomery was a, was a key factor despite he didn't despite not showing up big in the stat sheet. Yeah, and they like Calipari said like had to have one more big guy do something because mm-hmm. PJ he had a, a struggling offensive night but was Mr. Energy and we'll talk more about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he led the team again. He he was a dominant force even when he wasn't having a great go of it offensively. But they like Reed didn't have a great night. Nick couldn't play in this game. He no. was he was a little bit lost. Had a turnover. A uh, couple couple uh, mistakes basically gave them nothing. Like this was one of those nights where if somebody, you know, if one of the two of them could give them ten good minutes, if one of EJ and I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both. You know, all, maybe alternating. Yeah, I, that's for fair. a while I thought maybe Nick would be the guy who would rise up and just kind of be that one extra big guy that gave him something. But I think EJ showed tonight that he can also do that. I mean, he's a six ten, six eleven guy who's super athletic. Can block shots. I think he blocked at least one shot in the game. Um, I thought he was going to give them something offensively in this game because of the way Florida was committed to doubling the post, and they needed big guys who were going to be able to pass it out or find a way to score over that. Um, Turned out not to be that, but he had two two of his three rebounds were offensive, and he had them in pretty short order uh, in big moments. So it was the first came with twelve thirty two to go, at which point they were down. they were down 11. That was when they at the at the height of Florida's lead. PJ Washington makes one free throw, misses the second. Then he grabs EJ, another. EJ Montgomery gets the offensive rebound, uh, and Keldon Johnson uh, ends up with a bucket to end that sequence. That gets it. So they're down 11. PJ hits one free throw. They're down 10. EJ gets the EJ Montgomery gets the offensive re- rebound, and they score. Now they're down eight. Um, that was big, and shortly after, you know, Keldon Johnson started making some plays. He hits a three, um, and then the second offense, the, the one that I thought was the biggest, was with nine sixteen to go. I think, 
Yes, they and they did fix it. So they did. They did. They they yeah, initially okay. randomly on the stat sheet gave it to Ashton Higgins, and then I think they switched it to Reed Travis. <laughs> but I saw with my own eyes that it was EJ Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, it was um, a Keldon Johnson missed layup, and EJ Montgomery comes flying in, gets the ball, gets it to Tyler Hero, who gets fouled and hits two free throws. They were down three at that point with. Uh, nine minutes and change to go yeah uh and that gets them to within one um so those were two and and afterwards mike white was sort of asked about that and he said um you know those are the plays that like a, the the opposing coach they they let out a he said exhale but i think it's more like a i think he, that's not a relief exhale that's like a give up the ghost exhale yeah like, you know, we've done everything right, and then this we give up an offensive, a critical offensive rebound. Uh, he called him deflating, uh, and he and he both he and Calipari both I think said kind of changed the game. And and Tyler Hero said of EJ Montgomery, other than PJ, he was the guy whose energy really changed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, EJ Montgomery. So I wouldn't well, have thought we would and. like lead this thing. This crazy comeback, we'd lead this thing talking about a guy who got three rebounds and didn't score, or did he score? No, he didn't. Um, uh, but the, the the thing that we haven't mentioned yet is the freaking defense he played on the perimeter. He was on guards yes. multiple time, multiple possessions yeah. in his ten minutes on the court, and he held his own. Which is uh, another one of those, and, and, and uh, without specifically naming him, Mike White, somebody asked Mike White, like, what happened to you guys down the stretch? And he said, well, they made some adjustments. They switched everything, and their big guys did a great job staying in front. And, and that would include P.J. and E.J. I mean, that mm-hmm. was pretty much the yeah. team out there. That was uh, the closing unit. Um, and, yeah, that, that's another of those things that when you, like, forecast what E.J. Montgomery can become. Yes. And I think everyone can agree that, you know, whether Kentucky fans or just observers of basketball <laughs> or Kentucky's coaching staff, I'm sure, is on this list too, you hope E.J. Montgomery is wise and comes back to school next season because yeah. that dude can be a star. Yep. I, I think he can – when you see, like, these flashes of his skill set, what a guy of his size can do. Big guard nation. He's going to shoot. You know, he's going to be able to shoot. I, I promise you, he, if he comes back to school, that dude is going to make some shots. He can block shots. He can make those athletic rebounds, those rebounds that are, like, not in his area, but he's, you know, getting a fingertip and, and hauling them in. Uh, he can defend guards out on the perimeter, make passes, those passes he made at the – those lobs he threw at the end of the game to Nick Richards. This was a little – another little – just a tiny little sliver of, of a glimpse at what E.J. Montgomery can become. And whatever he becomes, what he was tonight was, like, the probably the second – most important player on the team down the stretch. Tyler yeah. Hero was the only reason they even had a shot. And, yeah, because he he was doing all the scoring in the first half. But EJ was big, man. That was that was really about as impactful a performance as you can have, and not have it really be reflected in the in the stat sheet. Uh, should be noted. Uh, I did mention it earlier. We're recording inside, like in the arena here at exact arena inside the O'Connell Center. Oh, yeah. That's the renaming. And as we're looking out on the court here. Uh, Kyle mentioned Coach Mike White. He's uh, he's out there right now. Kyle's taking a picture of this, um, and I'll describe what's going on. He's got five-star recruit Scotty Lewis, and they're they've been talking for almost as long as we've been recording. 
and obviously Kentucky really wanted Scotty Lewis. Kyle been raving about Scotty Lewis. He was here today. It was actually shown on the video board, much like Tyrese Maxey was at Rupp. Uh, I guess that's been about a week and a half ago now. And uh, just thought I'd note. That's interesting. That's what I'm looking at, and uh, thought I'd share it with you. So uh, coming up next, Kyle mentioned out-of-area rebounds. And P.J. Washington hit a couple of those. So let's talk about him after I quickly tell you guys about Buffalo Trace. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, you can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking. Touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends like Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee. And you can taste the award-winning spirits of America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distilleries offer six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round. So you can go right now. It's about to get a little bit warmer up in Kentucky. So it might be a good time to get out to Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, You can visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and their spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. And if you mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky Podcast Network, you get 10% off merchandise at their gift shop. So go to buffalotracedistillery.com and then go over and get your tour, get the free complimentary sample, and then go and get you some merchandise and then get 10% off when you mention Locked On Kentucky. That's buffalotracedistillery.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So, P.J. Washington, uh, pretty impressive, Kyle. He had, uh, what was his final stat line? 15 and 12. 15 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, uh, and a block shot. Um, Not bad. And he, um, you know, his streak of three consecutive 20-point games comes to an end, but his streak of dominant games extends to four. Uh, He was a guy who nothing was, was crazy. He had like three or four shots in the first half that, it was like, how did they not go in? Mm-hmm. Close range shots. But he did a really good job passing out of the post. He did a really good job defensively. Uh, he did a really good job leading this team. I talked to a couple of Florida players afterward who said they could hear PJ, you know, all night long talking to his teammates, motivating them, to, you know, trying to get them to when they were not playing well to increase their energy. And and both those guys from Florida sense that Kentucky kind of feeds off him and called him a great leader. Um, he. Uh, it just ma- it felt like he made m- many, many of the most impactful plays of the night. Um, he fin- ended up finishing 6 of 13, so he closed out strong. He played much better down the stretch. I think he was like 3 for 11 to start the game. But that that's really, honestly, what impressed me. It was He was really struggling offensively and still, and he was being double teamed every time. That was mm-hmm. Florida's approach. And still the energy did not drop. This was like... Calipari's dream for him. He would like to. I'm sure he would have loved for him to made all his shots. But yeah. to see a guy like PJ, who for whom effort has been a question, can he, you know, can he maintain it? For him to have to be coming off these three straight big offensive type games, struggle offensively and not check out, but in, in fact to be to double down on his energy and hustle and rebounding and defense and all those things, and then also be the vocal guy for this team. I mean, that's got to be Cal, – Cal said the thing again tonight at, that he said after Vanderbilt that he's been waiting a year and a half to see this, that he, you know, he was very, very happy um, that he kept this kind of role going. 
Uh, Mike White called him the best player on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that Mike White said that I, I found really interesting, in, in, and I think you, you talked about them doubling a little bit, and I sent out a tweet about them potentially doubling in this game as well. The way White described it is he says they've been sending havoc, that's what he called it, to the post, basically doubling, taking guys down, cheating, doing all kinds of different things to the post. And he said tonight it had no impact. And a lot of that goes to P- credits P.J. Washington. They, he, he didn't get bothered. He was making good passes out of it. Uh, there were a lot of questions about P.J.'s passing out of double teams and getting Kentucky good shots. They were asked by Jerry Tipton. I'm guessing that's what he's going to be writing about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, was, it was pretty clear, and I think that's a, that, was, that was just a huge, huge thing. Yeah, he only had, two, he had played, thir- he played 35 minutes. Who knows how many touches. I would love to know the number of times he touched the ball offensively. And he only had two turnovers. Um, against a, a defense that was all predicated on making it tough on him. So, yeah, that was uh, that was really impressive. I'm trying to see. I lost my internet Yeah, they've, they've shut off the internet here because uh, we've been so disruptive inside the O'Connell Center. He said P.J. Washington made us pay. You know, he, said, w- he said we've been really good sending activity to the post, activity. and it had no effect for the first time all year. A lot of that had to do with his decisions. Um, by the way, Mike White. It seems happier now that he's talking to the future Scotty Lewis down there. <laughs> was about the most depressed coach I've seen uh, in the postgame. Yes. I mean, it's been a tough season for them. They've had some, you know, close calls and near misses against good teams. They challenged Michigan State. Uh, you know, they've played pretty well against some good teams and not been able to get the job done. What do they have, nine losses now? Um, and had Kentucky on the ropes and couldn't couldn't do it. I mean, this has been a rough year for him, and he he was – very. I mean, the thing about it, he ta- he talked about the the EJ Montgomery one. Of, I don't know which one he was actually referencing, but one of EJ's offensive rebounds, and he just started his answer with "My goodness," and ended with <laughs> deflating plays. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and a couple other. Oh, since we're on that subject a little bit, he mentioned a couple other deflating plays, and he, the one that he pointed to actually several times in his comments was the dunk that PJ Washington got when they went into I believe what did he say was it their one two two press or uh, I forget which which kind of which zone press he was in, but PJ Washington something got that's be- not supposed to give up a wide open dunk. Yes, PJ Washington got behind and got a dunk, and it, I mean that that at, that was at a point in the game where Kentucky wasn't scoring, and honestly, they weren't even getting a ton of shots up early in the second half. They were struggling to get shots. They were turning it over or letting Florida offensive rebound on their end of the court, and it just stayed on the other end of the court. It was like a a soccer match or something where it was just on one side of the court for a good portion of the second half. Yeah, and this this was a a classic type of game that Calipari's young teams lose. You know, you get a – they've – Got run here at Florida last yeah, we, year. Yeah, we referenced you, it on the podcast you know, before get, the game. You get down double digits in the second half, and this crowd gets going. It was a good, loud crowd. Um, Will mentioned since you brought up the crowd in passing, uh, it's always it's a, nearly impossible to tell how many Kentucky fans come to Florida games because Florida fans also wear blue. Right. Um, but from a, just my ears, there was a good good crowd. Yeah, they uh, made some noise when Kentucky made good plays, and then when Florida fans flooded the exits with about a minute to go in sort of disbelief. A pretty loud "Go Big Blue" chant broke mm-hmm. out, um, but this is a kind of game that you see young Kentucky teams under Cal Perry lose, and this team stomped the gas instead. And now they're they're full, they've won their last four road games, and they've only lost one road game at Alabama, where they had a shot in the air uh, to win the game. And then you factor in uh, the Louisville game and the North Carolina game that they're they've won uh, six of their last seven. 
away from Rupp Arena, mm-hmm. which that's not really typical no. for Cal teams other than his very, very best, you know, 2012. And, and normally those have experience. Right. And, you know, this one, I guess they're leaning on a guy like P.J. Washington. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Reed Travis, I don't think, gave him all that much today, but P.J. Washington certainly did. Um, the other thing more broadly – and we really haven't talked about Tyler Hero. We'll go night. broad, and we'll, and we'll, yeah. get, we'll wrap up with we'll Tyler. We'll wrap with Tyler Hero. But, I mean, Kentucky's defense, Mike White went out of his way to praise it and then circled back at the end of a long answer to just say they were terrific defensively. Um, this is the third opponent in the last four games that Kentucky has held to 55 points or fewer. They gave up 14 points – I'm sorry, 15 points in the first half against Vanderbilt to build that lead that, that would hold for the rest of the game. Yeah. And then to close the game to today, they gave up – was it 24 points in the second half? No, it was in the teens. Second half, Florida scored 21 I'm points. Sorry, 21. 21 points in the second half. So the first half against Vandy, 15. The second half today, 21. Um Vanderbilt shot 27% in the second half. A one was one for nine from three. Uh, they are just playing a lot better defense. Some of the shots that they f- forced Florida into were just terrible, terrible shots. Yeah, and some I'm not sure they forced. I mean, you know, well, the, I mean, the defense and offense there are a little bit hand in hand. I think Florida maybe got a you know did some things to hurt themselves, taking some bad shots. In the words of uh, John Calipari, they might have peed down their leg a little bit. Yes, peed, he, he dropped his pee down the leg again. Yeah, today. he said if you, and, uh, when he was talking, when he was going on one of his confidence rants, which he do, does several times, he was talking about how if I tell you you're the greatest and you do amazing things in practice, but you get out there on the court and you get in the lane and then you pee down your leg, yeah. You're not going to have confidence, and that's was specifically referencing PJ Washington, um, and how he's. That was the other thing we we uh, I was trying to remember this the other note that Calipari had on PJ Washington, and and Kenny Payne actually said this last week when we talked to him. PJ Washington's winning every drill, winning the sprints, right? Which is crazy to think about considering what PJ Washington is as a specimen. I mean, he's a six nine forward, and he's winning all these drills. That's crazy to think about. Six, seven and a half. <laughs> I'm trying to be. Uh, I, I, this but, is the, I was going by what the UK listen at. So um, <laughs> no, it's very impressive. PJ is PJ is has impressed me a lot, and Kentucky overall has impressed me a great deal defensively. I mean, the two the two biggest scoring threats, Allen and Locke for Florida, were a combined seven of twenty seven shooting, and three of ten of uh, three of fourteen. From three, and I mean that's wow. ball game. You yep. know, you, you've suffocated their um, their two best options, and that was the question after Duke just eviscerated them. And you know they and Seton Hall scored on them. Some teams scored on them early, and their well, three point defense yeah. was you know 346th in the country or whatever. And it was. now they're uh, in the top 25. Yeah, they, I mean another team, five of 19, Florida from three. Um, it's really, really improved. Yeah. So uh, that Cal doesn't have championship contenders that are offensively yeah. uh, driven. No, it's all about and, defense. And a lot of teams don't. I mean, the game is changing, sure. But, I mean, if, if, if the game is trending towards offense, it might defense be a good idea to have a defense. And, yep. and, and so they're now in the range defensively of, a, of a, an elite Calipari team, in my estimation. Um, coming up next – some Tyler Hero talk, and boy, was he wonderful. 
You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you didn't get that reference, uh, Tyler Hero's nickname is Boy Wonder at the end of the last segment. So there you go. If you didn't know that, now you do. And it will never escape your brain again. Um, But Tyler Hero drops, what was his final, 19? 19 points, right? Yep, 19 points on eight field goal attempts, which uh, Mike White was very impressed with. (laughs) Three of four from three. Uh, the I way think he hit his uh, first four shots, the and way ten points when nobody else could score for Kentucky. The way Mike White described it, he said to get nineteen on eight shots. How efficient is that? Like very, <laughs> very efficient, <laughs> very <laughs> emphatic, and and, and amazed with Tyler Hero. And the thing that I I think is one of the big keys to Hero's progression. And see if you agree with me, Kyle. Him not forcing anything in the second half. He didn't take any bad shots. He didn't take a ton of shots in the second half. But yeah, probably could have taken some more. But that, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't. He he missed one three. I think it was open. Uh, yeah. And then he hits the huge three uh, when they're making their move. That I mean was I mean to me kind of felt like the dagger. And he celebrates all the way down the court. Mm-hmm. You know, and does it again. I mean, I've got to crunch the numbers. But Tyler Hero on the road is. I had a, uh, or the stat master, Corey Price. You should follow him on Twitter at Corey P O eight. Uh, he does a ton of great Kentucky stats during and after games. He said Tyler Hero is averaging 16.5 points per game in Kentucky's six road games so far this season. That that that, that number doesn't surprise me, and if I'm remembering right, he had one really, really bad road game, and I can't think of off the top of my head what it was. But other than that, I mean, it's just he been He killed something. Louisville. I mean, he killed Auburn. Uh, I'm trying to think. He might have been down in Alabama, if I'm remembering off the top of my I mean, head. He only had 12 in the Vanderbilt game. Um, but th- that that wasn't – I think we should put an asterisk by that and uh, probably throw it out since there was it was about 50-50 split true. there. true. It was basically a home game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a neutral site game. But, yeah, um, yeah, he, fi- he had 15-5-4 and four in the neutral site game against North Carolina, 24-5 and five, uh, at Louisville. Um, didn't have a great game at Alabama. Had a dozen points, but was four of twelve and missed that game potential game yeah. winning three. Um, he had twelve seven and four um, at Georgia. It was okay, but twenty against twenty at Auburn, uh, and now this nineteen point game, six rebounds. Cal took him out because he wouldn't rebound. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. He ends up with six rebounds. It wasn't all sunshine with Tyler Hero, according to John Calipari, because I I was the one to ask. Calipari about the the rebounding and what changed it around because early on in the second half Florida got there were two possessions and I think they got three rebounds on each it might have just been two on one of those possessions but uh, three off three or two or three offensive rebounds on back-to-back possessions and then they scored on both of them and I guess what changed and he said I took Tyler out because he wasn't rebounding and then that's when um, as you were referencing earlier when he was talking about Reed Travis uh, it was kind of funny because he basically said, "You got to jump for rebounds." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, I find it I always find it comical when Calipari like dumbs things down, and most, and I shouldn't say dumbs things down necessarily because a lot of times the simplest answers are the answers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to jump for rebounds. Reed Travis, not so much. You know that isn't his forte necessarily, but um, Hero apparently wasn't doing that either. But as you mentioned, he does finish with some rebounds uh, late. And uh, but overall, I thought he was fantastic. His first half was unbelievable. Uh, One thing I just checked on: he was four of four at the free throw line. He is now forty-one of forty-five this season, which is ninety-one point one percent. Wow! Which 
uh, if he was a one-and-done and that holds up, he would have the career record at Kentucky. Uh, Jody Meeks uh, at 88.99 and Kyle Macy at 88.98 are the career free throw free percentage leaders. Well, and um, <laughs> there, but the, his two free throws tonight, two of his free throws tonight were a little bit questionable in my mind, Kyle. He got a, a block call. And I agree with the the block call because, as most people know, if you follow me on social media, I despise charges for the most part. Um, but he, he Sh- Doug, our boy Doug Shouse, called it as a shooting foul, even though Hero was clearly passing it to EJ Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's either got to be because I don't think they were uh, in the bonus. No, they were not in the so bonus. So it's either if it's going to be a foul on against you know on Tyler Hero's person, it's either on the floor or. Uh, no, it's on the floor. I mean, it's on the floor. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no war. There's no I mean, it's yeah, that's because it. he was throwing a pass. Yes, EJ Montgomery tried to dunk it in. But all right, um, the last thing I wanted to mention, Kyle uh, Emmanuel, quickly, not like an unbelievable box score. Actually, if you're looking at a shooting percentage, it was pretty dreadful. He was one for six, hit one three. It was a pretty big three. He did get seven points because he went four for five from the free throw line late. Uh, he had one rebound and one assist, but the one rebound was a monster. And he just seems to have a knack for grabbing big rebounds late. Closeout rebounds. He did it at Auburn, and he did it here at Florida to a certain extent. Well, and he's a guy that they'll when he plays more, they'll they'll demand more in that area because he's a big guard. Mm -hmm. He's really physically impressive, Um, six three ish, six four ish, um, pretty well put together. I think you know we'll see another season of Emmanuel quickly. I'm almost certain. I would imagine. I would think rebounding would be one area where he'll uh, pile up some stats, but he's. He's a nice luxury. Calipari was talking about uh, even with the misses, and he was one of those guys. He was one for five from three. He was one of those guys that was benefiting from the doubling the post, and they were getting open looks, and just they weren't dropping. Jamal Baker, another guy, just to mention quickly, um, he had a, a, a huge opportunity tonight and didn't go great for him. No, I it did not. The athletic, which we haven't. I don't think we've talked about. We'll talk about it. Yeah, on we'll go podcast. in depth on uh, on Kyle's uh, profile of Jamal. But he was uh, one for six. Also, Baker was an 0 for 4 from 3. He had a did couple. have a couple of assists. He did play uh, well defensively mm-hmm. um, and was just a guy who I thought let the game come to him. I don't think he really forced anything. I, it sounded like Cal Perry was happy, generally happy with the way he played. I mean, he's he had a, a shooter couple. who just didn't make his shots, but he played 15 minutes tonight on the heels of playing 19 at Vanderbilt, so his minutes are getting up and maybe knocking some of that rust off after a year-and-a-half layoff. And another one just, like, bounce in and out, which – Unofficially, I need to f- probably get some advanced analytics on this. I think he leads <laughs> the co- outs, yeah, leads he the leads the country. No, he leads the nation in that. Uh, it's been silly because his shots, even the ones he misses, they mostly look good. Yes, I mean, the form looks good. They look good there, in the flight. <laughs> there was one where he got it. I mean, he was like four feet behind the three point line coming down. And I saw he it. Really and he thought eye. about it. He wanted. Yeah, it was down here. He wanted. Uh, yeah. down here. All you all you <laughs> listeners can can imagine where I'm pointing. But he was oh, on goodness. the wing deep, and if you've seen the, I, I wrote about it in the profile. If you've seen like the all the highlight videos of him that are on YouTube, yeah. there are whole videos of just like, holy crap! Look at these crazy deep, you know, Golden State Warrior threes that he's taken, and he makes yeah. he made a bunch. Uh, to kind of just wrap up on this thing, this is eight wins in a row, and we should say again, they're three points and two buzzer beaters at the head in the air away from having won eighteen consecutive games since the Duke game. Um, but they, as it stands, they have won eight straight, 
four in a row on the road. They're now seven and one in the league, so they're staying right there in the thick of things for the the conference championship race. They have a, I think, a relatively uh, or, or just not a, a wildly intimidating week with South Carolina at home and Mississippi State on the road. All those, those both those teams can certainly challenge Kentucky. But yeah. the big week after it, LSU and Tennessee, both come to Rupp Arena, the top two teams in the league standings. So they're going to have their chance to make their move. Um, you mentioned some of the just the statistical rankings. Ken Palm is updated. They are now number nine in Ken Palm wow. overall. They are 17th in offensive efficiency and now ninth. And defensive efficiency, and Calipari's best free throw sh- shooting team ever continues to be such. They are still 75% on the season from the free throw line, which I don't think is a small thing at all. Nope. All right, that's going to do it here from Gainesville. Be sure to be following along with us on social media. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. You can follow the show at Locked On UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Thanks again to Buffalo Trace Distillery for sponsoring this edition of the show. Go to buffalotracedistillery.com to get more information about tours and their spirits. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this edition of the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and then most importantly, share this with somebody else who would enjoy the show. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Check, 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 check. Okay.